Hey, golfers, it's time to uh, tee it up with the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, brought to you by Bridgestone Golf. Play the ball that fits you by Palms Resort. Join today and improve your short game at the Miracle Practice Facility by Club Car, the global leader in golf utility and fun personal vehicles, by Mizzoun Golf, Reach Beyond, and by RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back right here in our communities. Today we're going to talk about the Georgia State Golf Association with Executive Director Matt Vanderpool. Matt will talk about how the juniors can play for $5 and how some of his staff will play 100 holes next week to raise money to support that effort. Then we'll talk with putting guru Mike Shannon on the Tour Performance Center at TPC Sawgrass about the new program. Are you ready for this? That with seven putts, seven putts, sometimes we do that on one green that can tell you which putter is best for you. And then finally, we'll talk with head pro Matt Messinger of the Savannah Golf Club about all the history, which is the first golf club in the United States dating back to 1794. You heard me right, 1794. But first up is GSGA Executive Director Matt Vanderpool. Good morning, Matt, and welcome to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Hey, good morning, Rich. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Uh, tell us about some of the folks that play golf in Georgia may not know, but tell us a little bit more about the Georgia State Golf Association. Yeah, so the Georgia State Golf Association is categorized as the uh, official allied golf association for the United States Golf Association here in Georgia. So uh, really our, our uh, reason for existence, if you will, is, is to promote and protect the game here in Georgia uh, delivering a lot of the governance functions that the USGA has. So, uh, you know, overseeing and administering the handicap service here in Georgia, uh, going out and rating all of the golf courses. So if you're familiar with seeing the course handicap and uh, slope rating out there, we have volunteer teams that go across the state to uh, rate the golf courses to uh, come up with those figures. Uh, but we also oversee 23 state championships. We have a junior tour with 1,300 kids that play in over 100 events throughout the year. So uh, really we're all about generating opportunities for people to play more golf, and uh, that's, that's really what we're all about. All right. You and I have talked a little bit this week, and I was very impressed with a couple of things. One is your youth on course program uh, where you help juniors play golf and at an incredible rate of five bucks. Tell us more about that. Yeah, this, this is a national program that we signed on for in, in 2017, and uh, we've really seen a, a very sharp trajectory on this since we launched the program. Uh, but really, the, the program is designed uh, to tackle affordable access. You know, that, that's one of the main challenges to growing the game, especially right. at the junior level. Uh, so this is, is really our opportunity to get out there and provide affordable access to the game to juniors all across the state of Georgia. So juniors age 6 to 18 can play at around 40 different golf courses around the state and about 900 around the country uh, through the Youth on Course program. Uh, they pay $5 to play golf and uh, for the courses here in Georgia. Uh, our association, the GSJ, subsidizes those facilities for the rest of the juniors' green speed. So you know, so far to date in 2021, we've had over 1,500 juniors play roughly 7,000 subsidized rounds of golf, and the GSJs provide about $60,000 subsidies to those facilities to help ensure that those young men and women have the opportunity to play golf. And you say you have about 1,300 juniors that are in the program across the state? 
about 1,500 have played okay. around so far this year. That's incredible. And to support that, you and your staff, which I think is going to be an incredible feat, are going to play 100 holes. Tell us about that. Yeah, we, uh, we started that a few years ago. It's called the 100 Hole Hike, and, and uh, several of our staff and, and some other uh, generous supporters of the program are next Tuesday at Bobby Jones Golf Course in Atlanta are going to be uh, attempting to walk and play 100 holes of golf. Uh, we've been fundraising uh, within our personal networks for the last uh, few weeks, and uh, this is a, a tremendous fundraiser that enables us to you know, provide those subsidies. Um, really all of the funds that go to uh, subsidize those rounds are, are generated through private donations. So uh, we're hopeful to raise roughly thirty dollars to $35,000 next Tuesday wow. uh, through that effort. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, quite the undertaking, as you might imagine. Uh, hopefully the weather will cooperate for us. But uh, it, it's really a fun day for us to get out there and challenge ourselves to try and play 100 holes and know that uh, the reason we're out there is, is so more kids can play more golf. Now, are you doing it rain or shine, Matt? Uh, I'll, I'll say yes, Rich. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, the, you, know, you can only take so much rain. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, hopefully the forecast will uh, be favorable for us. But uh, we'll certainly play as much as we can. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, all, all the funds that are raised are going to a very good cause. Is this something, Matt, that you think that you could do across the state of Georgia and get other people in other uh counties and cities to go ahead and on on this same day play a hundred holes at their course to help raise money yeah but potentially rich we we also have another fundraiser that we call the the gsga golf marathon we did that back in august where we had a, a concert on saturday night a, a an event for our sponsors on sunday and then monday we had several people at, at druid hills golf club uh, uh playing as much golf as they could uh they get to use a cart uh so the 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 <laughs> The number yeah. of folks that come out and support that initiative uh, are, are a little bit higher than the 100-hole hike. But, uh, right. yeah, I think this is certainly an opportunity that we're exploring. You know, that these, both of these types of, uh, of activities are really still in their infancy, and, and we're continuing to evaluate, you know, really how we could potentially maybe, uh, you know, expand the offering uh, across the state and, and get more people involved to, to raise more money. Again, kind of filtering back in to support our junior golf program. Yeah, I've uh, I've I've done that a couple of times uh, with a friend of mine up in North Carolina. He did a hundred and eight holes, six rounds. Started when the sun came up, finished when the sun came down. Uh, it's a grueling day, but uh, played some of my best golf because you know you got six rounds of golf to play, and you're not trying to force anything. You just kind of play like we should. Drive up, hit the ball, get the yardage, go on. Yeah, it certainly eliminates all those external factors where, you, you know, you, <laughs> yes. you don't have time to think. You just got to get up there and hit it. And, you know, it's been funny watching the progress of this. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, a lot of us will start out carrying, you know, three or four clubs. And then by the time we're in our third or fourth round, some of us just have a seven iron and we're going around <laughs> just playing with the seven iron, um, you know, just to get it done. So, yeah, uh, it, it, like I said, it's a fun day. It's yeah. a great opportunity for our staff to get together and, bond a little more knowing that uh, again we're raising money to kind of go back in and support our, our own program here yeah and speaking of raising money gsga is also going to host the inaugural georgia putting contest uh, that's going to be something yeah absolutely we're partnering with the georgia pga and bobby jones golf course where our, our new office is located uh to do this uh, georgia putting championship you know whether you're a two handicap or a 22 handicap you have a great chance to be a wonderful putter so um yeah, this is an interesting concept where, you know, we're going to bring people in from all over the state 
and uh, you know try to find who the best putter in Georgia is. Uh, we've got three divisions. There's an open division, so amateur, professional, whomever. Uh, then we've got uh, a teams. The two players will play alternate shot, and then we have mixed teams, so male and a female playing alternate shot as well. Uh, it's October 30 and 31 at Bobby Jones Golf Course. And, uh, yeah, we think it's a really cool concept. And, again, kind of to your point earlier, I think this is something that we hope to be able to expand statewide, uh, potentially have statewide qualifying uh, to get people uh, into the finals. Now, do you have a, 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 a section for people with most putts on a certain hole? We, we, we don't this year, Rich, but that's a, a good idea. We'll, we'll look to maybe incorporate that uh, next year. I heard you were talking about seven putts on one green earlier. Yep. So, we'll, so maybe, maybe we'll see uh, if there's a different format we can implement into the contest in the future. Yeah, yeah well, that would not be one you would like to win, I'm sure. But uh, anyway, Absolutely. all right, Matt, in November, you've got a big event coming up with the, uh, with the Hall of Fame. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the GSGA is responsible for managing the Georgia Golf Hall of Fame, and uh, we're excited to finally induct our uh, class of 2020. Uh, we, we tried to induct them last March, but as we all know, uh, we were prevented from uh, having that function take right. place. So uh, we're excited. November 19th uh, at the Atlanta Athletic Club will be having this year's Georgia Golf Hall of Fame induction ceremony where David Knoll Jr., Brenda Pictor, Mike Waldron, and Tim Weinhart uh, will be uh, enshrined into the Georgia Golf Hall of Fame. Tickets are available to the to the general public. Uh, they can go onto our website gsga.org uh, to purchase tickets and uh, come see those four inductees. Uh, enter into the Georgia Golf Hall of Fame and, and be a part of a, a wonderful night celebrating the game here in the state of Georgia. Yeah, very cool for them and also for y'all. Give us your website, Matt. Yeah, again, the, the, our website is gsga.org. And uh, you can pretty much find all the information. It's a, it's a resource center for golf in Georgia. Uh, so whether you want to play in one of our championships, explore our junior offerings, uh, join the GSGA, uh, you can find it all on our website, gsga.org. Matt, thanks for your time. We're going to do this on the first Saturday of every month. I enjoy it. Uh, good luck uh, on Tuesday. Um, and uh, I hope it doesn't rain. I appreciate it, Rich. Look forward to uh, reporting back next month on how it went. All right. I'd like to know how many holes you got in. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely. Thanks, Rich. Matt Vanderpool, the executive director of the Georgia State Golf Association. They're going to play 100 holes to support youth on course. Next up on the show, we're going to talk with putting guru Mike Shannon about how their tour performance center down at TPC Sawgrass in seven putts, which sometimes you do on one green. I hope not. But sometimes with seven putts can find out which putter is best for you and we'll be back but first we got to talk about what is best for deep dish pizza it is cj's italian restaurant check out their full menu at cjsitalianrestaurant.com graham and ada and their tremendous staff do a great job not only with deep dish thin crust cauliflower crust just great pizzas just call up and they've got a special place parked out front where you can call in your order pick it up and they just do great with calzones with pizzas with appetizers, salads, uh, scratch every morning is how they start with their pizza doughs and breads and sauces and dressings. Everything is homemade, and it's just tremendous. So check out CJ's Italian Restaurant at cjsitalianrestaurant.com. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Our next guest is not only a putting guru, but also a good friend, Mike Shannon. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Rich, how are you? It's been a while. It has been. It's been way, way too long. And Mike, well, you know, 
Times, times have been a little tough, but we're back at it. Well, I'm glad. And you told me yesterday, which I was floored with this, that you've got a program at TPC at the Performance Center there that within seven putts you can tell what kind of a putter you are and maybe what kind of a putter you need to use. Yeah, the, the program that we're using now uh, takes into consideration the shape of the putting stroke, the, how much rotation the player is creating, uh, how the, the tempo and rhythm are working. So what it does from there is it, it actually looks at how the putter is reacting to that player's putting stroke. So we've had a lot of our tour players down here. They'll bring in six or seven putters. Right. And, you know, the big comment they have is, that, you know, what, which one of these are going to be the best for me? Right. And so we let them putt, and uh, the program ranks them one to seven or one to six or whatever it is. And, and then if there's a specific part of the putting stroke that they need to work on, such as aim at address or aim at impact or path. Uh, this also will rank it based on that point, that part of the putting stroke. So uh, it's very comprehensive, and we are having a heck of a good time with it. Oh, it sounds like a program that uh, if you're really serious about trying to improve your game, that's the best part about improving your game is on the greens. Yeah, and not only that, we have uh, we also have a program that does the putter fitting uh, based on the same criteria. And so, what to do? A player will hit seven putts, and it will come back and it will tell the player whether they need uh, offset uh, hosel or non-offset or onset, or whether they need face balance, thirty degree toe hang, sixty degree toe hang, ninety degree toe hang what length they need, what size grip they need. It's, it's really a neat deal. Yeah, it just sounds like I've got the wrong putter right now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, I've been teaching putting now for about 28 years. Yeah. And uh, I've seen so many things come about in uh, putting instruction. Yeah, and right now we're, we're just trying to stay up with it. It's so good. Yeah. All right, let me ask you this. When... Sometimes when I go to the golf course, I'll, I'll, I'll really get serious about keeping my stats. You know, like how many greens did I hit, how many fairways did I miss, and all this other kind of, I mean make, and all this other kind of stuff. What is a good round as far as total number of putts in an 18-hole round? Uh, just to, to, to put it in the thumbnail, it's sub-30. Sub-30. Okay. All right. Yeah. If you can have 30 or less. Uh, you're putting well. Okay. Now, sometimes, you know, you run into a player who hits a lot of greens in regulation. Right. And when a player hits a lot of greens in regulation, their starting distance from the hole is greater than the starting distance of somebody that uh, doesn't hit a lot of greens in regulation. And back uh, when the tour just counted putts, Somebody like a Joe Durant or a Heath Slocum who hit just a ton of greens, uh, at the end of the week their ranking would come out and they're 110th in putting or 115th, and they started to get the, the self-image that they're not a good putter. Right. So what we did, we changed up the way we measure their results, and we do it by the footage of the putt that just goes, in, that goes into the hole. 
So let's say on the first green we've got a 30-foot putt, and that player hits the putt up to about a foot. Well, when they tap that putt in, they've got one foot. Okay, okay. The stipulation there is that any putt under a foot still counts a foot. A we foot. don't want to get into inches. Right, right. Uh, so if that player hits that 30-footer up two inches from the cup, when he taps it in, he's, he's got a foot. Okay. Now, the other, the other thing is that any putt made over 10 feet only counts 10 feet. So if he makes that 30-footer, so our number won't get skewed, he only gets 10 feet for it. Oh. So every player, or on every hole, there will be a number between 1 and 10. Okay, okay. Now, where we draw the dividing point is at 50 feet. So if this player comes off the golf course with 45 feet of putts, we know that they didn't putt quite as well as they should have. If they come off the uh, golf course with 55 feet of putts, they putted well. Okay, and, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so let's just say that the average length uh, of the putt that went in the hole was three feet. Well, we're all going to have a lot of one-footers, which means Hopefully. that that player had to make some six- and eight-footers in right. order to get that number up above 50. Right, okay, okay. All right. That's a good, that's a good way to do it. So that is a, a good way. way. That is a good way. Measure your... Um, your results. Mike, in all the years that you've been working with the putting stroke and all the technology that's come out, what do you feel are a couple of the most common mistakes that people make when putting? Without a doubt, number one, the putter is probably too short. Okay. And then two, in their address position, uh, players normally stand too tall. Okay. And that that creates a position where the arms are too long. Uh, you start to see loops and figure eights in the backswing. Uh, you start to see some distance control issues. And so, you know, my job is to always get them tighter. Let's get them tighter. Bend, uh, tilt them over more. Bring the arms into the body. Maybe put a longer putter in their hands. Because the tour players have such a tight putting stroke compared to the average amateur. Right. And that, that's all we're trying to do is just, just get them tight. All right. So if someone is 5'8", can you decide what size putter as far as inches they should be using? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And there's a rule of thumb. The rule of thumb is if a player is 5 feet to 5'5", five five, okay. that's that's generally a 34-inch putter. Okay. Uh, if the player happens to be shorter than five feet, then we're looking at 33. And what if they're uh, taller than six, five feet? Uh, from, from five, six to six feet, that'll be 35-inch. And then above six feet, a 36-inch. I've definitely got the wrong putters. <laughs> All of mine are 33. And it also and... depends on the, the stature of the player. If the player is has long legs and a short torso, when they tilt over, they're still way up there. They might okay. even go to 36 and a half, 37. Okay. Or if a player is very long-waisted, uh, they might even need a shorter putter. So it, it really depends on that person. And their putting posture. 
putting posture. Uh, that's exactly okay. right. Okay, okay. All right. You work with, over your years, you've worked with a lot. You've designed putters, which I, I always thought when you showed them to me, the drawings and some of the specs that came out, that they look great. What brand of putters, with all the ones that are out there, would you suggest for some of our listeners to go look at? Uh, I'll tell you what, Odyssey has such a deep line from blades to mallets. Uh, there's a, just a ton of different heads there that uh, they're going to they're gonna have something in their line that's going to fit every player. Okay. Plus, their putters have changeable weight systems. And so if, if a player wants a heavier putter, he can get a heavier putter. If he wants a lighter putter, he can get a lighter putter. Okay, so Odyssey is a is a good one to go to. All right, I know the other day you told me that Matt was coming over to work with you for a little bit. Uh, Matt seemed very quiet this year uh, as far as his season. I mean, it didn't seem to me anyway, and some of my friends who I've talked to, like, is Kuchar still playing? Of course he's playing, but he didn't have the kind of year that we think is typical of a Matt Kuchar. No, he didn't have a Kuchar type of year this year. He's going through some swing changes. We did some. We talked about that. And uh, if you'll notice, the the last few tournaments he played in, he you, you he was on the leaderboard. And um, so I think his full swing is starting to fall into place. And then his putty. You know, he's he's been an arm lock putter for about twelve years. Yeah, yeah. He's still an arm lock putter, but he went from a left arm arm lock to a right arm arm lock. And, and that is just to keep the putting stroke tighter. Okay, so when you say Matt Kuchar goes through swing changes, it seems odd to me that a guy who's been so successful on the tour is going to have a swing change and then changes his putting stance from the left hand to the right hand. But those are just things that sometimes happen over the years, isn't it? It, it really does. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're always trying to improve, no matter what what the situation is and you get to a point and you think you know maybe there's a better way yeah and uh, that's what he's going through right now i think we're gonna see a good year out of him next year you know it's it's and and there's cycles i mean some years you have good years and some years you don't have good years but you know matt is one of those that's been so consistent of having a good year um that it just seemed very strange for his progress this year yeah. The, yeah, like I said, the last few tournaments we're starting to see he's hitting more fairways, he's hitting more greens, and he's hitting it closer than he has uh, in the earlier part of the year. So I, I think going into next year, I think we're going to see him really have a, have a good year. All right. If someone wants to get a hold of Mike Shannon, give us how they can get a hold of you, and I'm totally interested in this seven putts to find out which putter, because you know – when you and I were together, we I brought you in a bunch of putters, and you just looked at them and said, "Get rid of those five. Keep this one. Oh, maybe this one's you know." So, how can they get a hold of you? Well, I'm at the PGA Tour Performance Center at TPC Sawgrass in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. Got it. And uh, we have uh, just a, a top-notch performance center here. We do everything fitting, fitness. Uh, putting, short game, full swing. So, you know, we've got something for everybody. 
Well, Mike, you have always been somebody that I've uh, looked up to, and uh, I appreciate your info and always uh, love having a chat with you about putting and always make me feel like, Mike, i got to come see you. Well, you know, the only reason you look up to him is I'm taller than you are. That's... <laughs> Uh, I love uh, it. Thank you very much, and it's great to be with you. All right, Mike, we'll do it again. Take care. Have a blessed day. You too. All right. Mike Shannon, always a pleasure, and I always learn something new talking with him about putting. Up next, we're going to go to Savannah Golf Club and talk with their head pro, Alex Messenger, and the Savannah Golf Club. We've got some history. We'll talk about that after we come back on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. We're glad you're with us. The Savannah Golf Club was the first golf club in the United States, founded, ready, 1794. Lots of history. And with us is their head pro, Alex Messenger. Good morning, Alex, and welcome to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Good morning, Rich. Thanks so much for having us on here this morning. Super uh, excited to uh, have the chance to talk to you. Well, I am excited. I was excited uh, the other day when we kind of drove around a little bit and you showed me, and history is more than I've ever seen from any other golf club. Tell us a little bit about some of the history of the Savannah Golf Club. Absolutely. Um, so Savannah Golf Club has lots of history, uh, golf obviously included, but uh, outside of golf. Uh, so Savannah, the golf club was built on some property just east of downtown Savannah, which uh, was fortifications in the mid-1800s for the city of Savannah. The golf course route through these fortifications and uh, the mounding, and it plays an integral part in the golf course uh, and, and makes a really unique feature for the, for the course itself. Uh, and then the, the history of the golf club dates back to the late 1700s, so even earlier. Uh, and, and the golf club itself uh, was formed in downtown Savannah, uh, more in the tradition of a Scottish or Irish club, uh, where you've got clubs, groups of people who play golf. They didn't necessarily have a golf course at that time. They used the, the squares and the grassy areas in Savannah to play. Uh, and then in the late 1800s, they built the golf club uh, where it is now today uh, through the fortifications. And uh, after that, had, uh, had players like Bobby Jones come through and play. So lots of great history here at Savannah Golf Club. It's a, it's a unique history with the with the combination of uh, American history and golf history. Yeah, I mean, much more than I've seen from a lot of other clubs. And they say in your website that Savannah is also believed to be the first American city where golf was played. Yeah, that is that is true. Uh, when you look at early American cities uh, such as Savannah and Charleston, both being port cities, uh, <coughs> golf golf started in those cities just because you had so many immigrants from. Uh, from Scotland and Ireland uh, that came over and played golf. And, uh, and, and Savannah is definitely one of the first golf clubs uh, and, and to, to date the, the earliest golf club on record. Which is incredible, to say the least. Um, and the berms that you were talking about, far history that were you know, done to protect the city, uh, the, several of those are still there, which create some blind shots on the golf course. Absolutely. Um, we're currently going through and just reopened from a, a golf course renovation uh, using Gil Hance and his team. Uh, and, and one of the things that Gil really enjoyed about the golf club was the use of those mounds in, in the features of the golf holes. And 
over time, many clubs will make changes to the golf course, whether it's aesthetic or playability, uh, and, and the club had kind of cut through a few of those mounds uh, for modern-day golf with, with golf carts and things like that. So he, he built a few of those back up to make them even more integral and more visible uh, you know, as you play the golf course. And did you and the board feel great about having that done? I mean, as you said, sometimes designers will say, no, we got to get rid of those and make it more modern. But he wanted to leave it kind of like it was originally. Absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, the club, the Savannah Golf Club prides itself on history, uh, and it's a great match with Gil Hance because of his uh, historic interest and what he loves about golf history and the traditions of the game. Uh, it was a great match for us and for him to have that eye and come in and, and take it take it back to, to what it originally was in a lot of ways, but also, you know, look forward to the modern game and, and you know, uh, adjust the bunkering to, to fit what we need now, uh, but, but still keep with the traditions of, of the golf course and what it was intended to play. Yeah, when you and I were riding around, and I've always told you, I think Donald Ross golf courses, I think, uh, just uh, attracts uh, purists and people who love Donald Ross golf courses. And a lot of people associate Donald Ross with those mounded greens and a lot of other things and you know up and back as far as the way he designed it and it's it's really neat to have a current golf course designer who's been involved with you know the Olympic golf course and many others be able to go through and just kind of enhance so to speak with Gil Hance uh, the golf course. Exactly he was able to come in and look at it from that historic perspective studying Donald Ross and what Ross has done and how he's approached uh, you know, various golf courses and his design. Uh, so he was able to make changes that, uh, that, that he knew were historic to what Ross would do um, and, and bring it back to the character uh, that, that he had. One of the interesting things that we found in the construction process uh, was hole number three. Uh, I didn't know this. I've only been here five years, uh, but the green was probably redone 25-ish years ago. Green number uh, number three, the green had been built up uh, out of the ground. It was very elevated, uh, almost to the point where it was, you know, too uh, too penal. Okay. Uh, and Gil just said, "This doesn't fit the landscape. This isn't something that Ross would do." Uh, so he designed a green that fit the topography and actually set down into the hill. And when his lead shaper uh, was out here uh, working on the on the project and, right. and demolishing that green, demoing that green. They found the original level of the green, and it was right where Gil wanted to design the green. So it was it was pretty cool to, to have that moment and see that uh, we're taking it back to the history of, of where that green sat, uh, as well as everything else. Yeah, that's uh, that that's just incredible to be able to go back to see all those things. But the course has also hosted several state amateur tournaments uh, over the many years that you've been open. Absolutely, you know it's great to I, I was. Happy to hear that, that Matt Vanderpool was going to be on this morning because uh, Savannah Golf Club has got such a great history with the GSGA. And, yep. Uh, one of the 13 founding clubs, uh, the GSGA, so we've had a great relationship over the years and hosted the state junior championship last year, but uh, hosted a number of uh, state amateurs, women's state amateurs, a senior state am, uh, and, uh, and and I believe um, uh, uh, Harmon, Brian Harmon was the uh, winner of the last state end here in uh, 2005. 
Yeah, it fits. I mean, that's his hometown. So when you drive around, and I know when you drove me around, you seemed excited about it, and you were, and I was excited to hear about all the history. Is that kind of cool to be able to do that with people that maybe have not played the course before? And if so, what do they say when they come off after playing their first round at Savannah Golf Club? Uh, I'm very excited to share this place with with new people, guest members, um, you know, like like a lot of places over the last year and a half, we've we've thrived with golf because golf has just been such a wonderful thing to have during the pandemic. And uh, you you know, having new members, having guests out and showcasing it has been so exciting. And talking about the project and and sharing the yeah. vision of of where we're going as a club has been a, a really exciting thing to be able to do. And seeing it come to fruition yesterday and us being open for the first time with our with our new routing uh we couldn't be more excited and uh and and showcasing it to you on wednesday uh it was it was very you know very apparent to me that uh that what we've done uh, that what gill's done is is really gonna uh bolster the the golf course and uh make it a, a really memorable experience what has been the course record for playing Savannah Golf Club. So we're uh, we're one day in. Uh, we might have set it up a little too tough yesterday. Seventy-five <laughs> was a low score yesterday. All right, but, all right. Uh, I, I would imagine that'll keep changing uh, as we go forward. But yeah, it was it was fun to see everybody out there, uh, starting with uh, with yesterday's course record tournament. We did it from every tee, so we had uh, ladies' record, we had junior records, we had senior oh, records, cool. and. Uh, and then our championship tee. So yeah. it was it was a fun day. Yeah, that's kind of cool. You now you get to erase everything that happened before. Well, not really erase, but kind of begin from a new point with the new opening of the golf course. Exactly. Yeah, it's just a chapter in the history of Savannah Golf Club, uh, and and it's a it's a chapter for us moving forward and and continuing to grow uh, grow the club and and uh, highlight our history, but also look ahead and and work with. Uh, Gil and his team uh, more in the future. Yep. All right, Alex, we got to take a quick break, but we're going to come back with more from uh, Alex Messenger and the Savannah Golf Club. But, you know, Mizuno Golf has always had the best irons in the game. The JPX 921 Series offers feel and performance to suit players of all skill levels. And they got a new STG 220 driver that offers maximum adjustability with a combination of three tracks and two movable weights. Complete your bag with a brand-new T22 wedges featuring three finishes and four unique sole grinds to improve your short game, which we all need help with. Check out all that is new with Mizuno at MizunoGolf.com. Nothing feels like Mizuno. Reach beyond. Welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. We're on the phone with Alex Messenger, the head pro at the, the Savannah Golf Club, the oldest club, 1794. Um, 75 is now the new course record. Now, is that for 18, Alex? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's for 18. Okay. Got just, 18 holes open. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. So what events do you have coming up for the rest of the year, or what's on the agenda for 2022? Yeah, so we've got a couple of great events coming up this fall. Um, next weekend, uh, we're doing a, an event that honors one of our former uh, club presidents. Uh, named Bill, his name is Billy Reese. It's called the Reese Cup, and it's actually a fundraiser for First Tee Savannah. That the, that the club has done for years, supporting junior golf in the area. 
Uh, so we'll have that next Saturday, and then we'll have our men's and ladies club championships over these next few weeks, uh, and then look ahead to a, a full schedule next year. We'll be back to normal with our tournaments. Uh, we've been closed for the last four and a half months, so didn't really have uh, too many events uh, going on and, and look forward to a full year next year. All right, I got a question. I didn't talk to you about it, but I'm going to throw it out there. Do you have any idea when the course was first played what the score was on the course? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, so I do know that the original layout here was only nine holes. Okay. Uh, and it was it was uh, it was a nine hole routing, and then uh, and then they they laid out eighteen holes uh, in the early nineteen hundreds, and and had Ross come in in the nineteen twenties to redo the green complexes. But I'm not sure what the the original scores. I have to go back and look at the history. It would be interesting just to kind of find out because you know the equipment was way 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 farther back than where we are now, obviously. And then Donald Ross came into the picture in the 1920s. How long did it take him to, to kind of do the, the greens and all his original stuff? Yeah, so he was working on a couple other local golf courses. Um, <clears throat> the Savannah Country Club, uh, which at the time I believe was the, uh, the Wilmington Island Club, and then uh, Bacon Park, both, both are Donald Ross golf courses uh, originals. And... He was working on those in the Savannah area and was called over to help on uh, our green complexes in preparation for uh, one of the state amateurs that we were going to host in the early 1900s. So uh, it, it wasn't a very long uh, trip over. He, uh, I think it was just within a, a couple of months that they redesigned some green complexes and were ready for the next year uh, to be able to host that. Alex, why is it that so many people just love Donald Ross golf courses? I mean, there's when I talk about it with some Raiders from Golf Week and some other folks, they just say, oh, my gosh, it's an old Donald Ross course. i got to go see it. i got to go play it. You know, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you and, and all those other people because I grew up on a Donald Ross myself and now work at a Donald Ross. So it, it's got all of the elements uh, that I think are interesting to golf. It's playable. Uh, it, it's, it's visually interesting, uh, but it can also be difficult. And there's so many of them and so many great golf courses, ones that you see on TV, ones that you might not, but you go play and, and realize they're at gym as well. Uh, so it's got so much uh, uniqueness to each routing and uh, each, each uh, golf course that I think, uh, I think it creates such a fan base that um, you know, he's, he's one of the greatest. Would you say that playing Donald Ross courses, that, uh, that it's really a second-shot layout? I would say so, and, and I would say Savannah Golf Club's definitely that way. Okay. Um, you know, I think of other area courses that are Donald Ross, like, like Brunswick Country Club's another one. Uh, you know, a lot of second shots have to be very accurate on uh, hitting into the greens, and Savannah Golf Club's that way because of the – uh, the runoffs and the domed greens that we we know uh, you know had a lot of Donald Ross character to it. Well, we're going to come up and play. I'll give you a call and we'll set up something. But give us the website so our listeners can go to it and read all about the history and. Sure. So it's uh, thesavannagolfclub.com. Simple. Alex, thank you for your time. I thank you for the tour last week. And uh, again, we'll call you for a tea time because I want to go out and try and do some of those blind tee shots. 
Absolutely, Rich. Thank you so much for your time today, and I look forward to teeing it up with you soon. All right. Alex Messenger, the head pro at the Savannah Golf Club, and as we said, it's uh, the oldest golf club in the United States, founded in 1794, and uh, old Donald Ross design, and uh, just uh, recently enhanced by Gil Hans. So just thank you to Eric's or Alex for his time. We want to thank our other guests as well, Matt Vanderpool of the Executive Director of Georgia State Golf Association and Mike Shannon. And you for listening. Thank you. We'll see you next week, 8 to 9, Back 9 Boys Golf Show.